as entrepreneurs, we all want to make a difference. We want to be able to communicate effectively to everyone we come to. We want to inspire them to take action. Well, I have a remarkable fellow entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur, extremely talented, international best-selling author, and an individual that not only communicates effectively, inspires others, but shows us how to do it as well. You do not want to miss this. Stay tuned. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com. John Stevenson, thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you here. There's nowhere else I'd rather be in the world. No, Sean, you are an amazing individual. You and I had the good fortune to have a good friend uh, introduce us, Joe Polish. We're both at uh, Genius Network. And really, you came in and uh, the scene, between the banner of you two guys going back and forth, I learned a lot. And uh, matter of fact, we just met earlier this year. Uh, as soon as I met, I went off and bought your best-selling book and read it not only on the flight, but I had to keep on reading it because it had so much content. Uh, you're an amazing individual, and I, I really wanted to have you on AS Nation so that you could share and inspire with all the action that you've taken. But you know what? Uh, everybody's going to want to know the backstory, Sean. So tell, tell me a little bit about, you know, how, you know, you don't wake up one day and you become the international best-selling author. You know, you're, you're commanding you know, very high speaking fees. You're teaching other people how to do that as well. How did this all come about? Well, I just came out of the womb amazing. Yeah. That's really how it works. No, I, uh, I was born into a very unique package that if we didn't mention from the start, uh, it wouldn't do my, my story justice. Um, I was born with a rare bone disorder called osteogenesis imperfecta, which is just a long Latin medical term for a bone gene imperfection. And by the time I was 18 years old, it had caused my bones to be stunted in growth. So I'm only about three feet tall. I can't walk because my uh, legs couldn't support the weight of my trunk. I've had a very fragile bones. So something as simple as sneezing would break ribs, uh, coughing too hard would break a collarbone. And so in my teenage years, you know, about the time I was 19, I had already fractured over 200 times. So you can imagine the amount of physical pain I grew up with. Um, and being three feet tall and using a wheelchair, you can never blend in. Everybody sees you coming. And... When I was younger, that was a curse. It felt like a curse. And it, it, it felt like it alienated me. It, it angered me. I, I dealt with some tough times. Uh, fortunately, I had and still do have incredible parents, people that uh, really believed in my survival. You know, my inside joke when I get on stage is, you know, they said I would be dead the doctor said to my parents that I'd be dead within the first 24 hours of my life. And now, 36 years later, all those doctors are dead, and I'm here, <laughs> the only doctor remaining in the room from that day. And so, you know, everybody loves that joke except for doctors. Uh, 
they don't really that doesn't go over well in the medical community <laughs> but you know with this condition you know i've had to uh, do things different than the, the average person so like i didn't get uh, hired to work at regular companies when i applied i got blatantly discriminated against for being three feet tall in a wheelchair and you might say well sean that's illegal they have to hire you even if you're in a wheelchair and my response is you're right a law is there but only if you enforce it and i really didn't feel like suing a company i wanted to go work for so after i wasn't getting hired uh i decided to start my own company and so i started as an entrepreneur not of desire but out of necessity out of survival financially and i built a company since i was 17 years old and i've been independently wealthy ever since i haven't had to rely on any government aid or uh, take any loans or grow in massive credit card debts i've been very blessed to build a business since i was 17 years old no sean i mean it's a, an amazing story and none of us as entrepreneurs ever get out of life unscarred but i mean you've had so many challenges along the way and and one of the things that's so inspiring, um, you know, just really being with you, you know, not only here on the podcast, but the times we've been together at uh, Joe's event, uh, Joe Polish's event, it's just been to see the interaction and, and how you've taken these challenges and made them really, you know, all, I would call them an asset. And I don't mean that in a negative sense at all. Oh, certainly they are. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And you know, I always say that my condition is a genetic advantage. You know, most people say, Sean Stevenson suffers from a rare bone disorder. John, I don't remember suffering, and I certainly don't suffer now. I've been challenged. I've been, I've had tough moments, but who among us haven't, as you said? Um, so I don't believe I suffer from anything. If anything, I suffer from not marketing enough. You know, so, you know, I deal with the same business challenges and my challenges in my life, people think are based on my disability. They're not. They're everyday challenges of balancing work and, you know, personal life and business life and, you know, having a happy marriage and making plenty of money and getting my value out there. You know, my struggles are just like any other entrepreneurial struggle. Well, and, and you have struggled, but you've also done it exceptionally well, and you're helping an awful lot of other entrepreneurs. And that's really where I'd like to start. I mean, the, the, the thing that I'm amazed, uh, you know, Sean, is how well you've connected. I mean, you have the circle of people, you know, kind of your core group that you hang out with, as well as you know, the, really the almost limited, you know, with t technology today and the difference you're making, uh, the connections that you have. And so many uh, entrepreneurs struggle with this, you know, and, and kind of, you know, what are the type of connections should I have? How do I use them effectively? A little bit of the difference between c connections and just kind of blasting things out. Yeah, so the way I built up my business is through uh, what I call advocate marketing. And this is not my concept. It's, it's an evolution of a concept that I read in a book called Growing Your Business by Mark LeBlanc. And I went to this man's course, loved it, and I've really branched out on his concept of advocates. And an advocate, so John, you, 
you could be one of my advocates, let's say. It's somebody who is a, uh, a friend, but also uh, a cheerleader, believes in what you have to say, and wants to see your message and your business grow. So it's it, it, it could have a mentor component to it, but it doesn't necessarily have to. And you want to nurture these relationships with your advocates. And I bring in hundreds of thousands of dollars a year just for my advocate marketing, none of my other marketing efforts, just my advocates alone. And so what I do is I built up a case on my advocates. And I have about 21 advocates. And I don't tell somebody when they're my advocate by design because I will change out my advocates year to year. Some people pay less attention to me and are less beneficial to me, and so therefore they get less of my attention. And it's, you know, that might sound mean, but it's just reciprocity. And so what I do is I have 21 advocates on average. They are people that are in different industries, that are connectors like myself. Mm -hmm. They are go-getters, successful, busy. They are hard to get on their calendar, but when you do... The, the magic that they can create with one phone call is incredible. And so what I do is I market to these 21 people. I connect with them by building a case on them. What is their favorite drink, you know, alcohol or non-alcoholic? What is their charity of choice? What are their children's names if they have any? Uh, when's their birthday? All the details on them. Um you know, do they love to travel? If so, where? What's their favorite restaurant? I will go to great lengths to get to know these individuals. And then I will find out what's important to them. What projects are they working on? Where do they put their focus? What do they need more of? Do they need more cash right now? Do they need more contacts right now? Do they need more visibility right now? Who do they want to meet? I just build a pretty detailed case on them and then every year about three to four times a year I reach out to my advocates and I shower them with what they love and I help them get more of what they want out of life and through a physics technique called drafting like when you get behind a, a big semi truck and you're mm -hmm. in a little uh, smaller car it pulls you forward and so what I've done is I've drafted myself behind giants and just from there, the inertia they've created, I help them get more of what they want. They pull me forward and, you know, I'm top of mind for them. No, and you always, you always want to remember insight in mind. Most people say out of sight, out of mind, but that gets you focused on the wrong thing. You want to be insight in mind for your advocates because if John Bowen knows of a, a speaker training course by Sean Stevenson and he hears about somebody who wants to do some speaker training, he thinks, oh gosh, I just interviewed Sean today and he's amazing speaker training and this buddy over here of mine, he's willing to spend some time, money, and energy on that. I'm going to connect those two. Now because you and I are creating value exchange right mm -hmm. now, I'm going to be in sight and in mind for you. And I, I take it very seriously. I build up my advocates. I've had advocates be U.S. presidents. I've had advocates be world leaders in business and technology. And they've been people that are in arts, you know, different, different industries that maybe you've never heard of. But they, are, they have the attention 
of either other amazing people or the masses or both. Well, Sean, let me stop you here because this is something that I see over and over again that real successful entrepreneurs do. I, I do it and I've had the privilege of interviewing here as well as working uh, in my past businesses with other entrepreneurs. And I'm thinking of, you know, we've got a mutual friend, Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach. He's identified, he tries, he doesn't, I don't think he's up to 50, but his goal is to be at 50, what he calls multipliers. You call them advocates. H how do you see your fellow entrepreneurs doing this? You know, because this yeah. is so powerful. Well, I'll tell you what I see them doing wrong, first of all. And, and I don't like right or wrong because that's got like a moral judgment to it. Ineffectively. What they'll do is they will zoom, they will hone in on John and think, ah, oh, I want something from a value from John. And they, they create their conversation upside down. What value can I extract from John? And I see this all the time. People make a list. I want to meet Richard Branson. I want to meet Joe Polish. I want to meet John Bowen. I want to meet Sean Stevenson. And they go in like heat-sinking missiles, and they're thinking about it all wrong. They're thinking, how can I extract something from them? And we can smile, smell that a mile away. And it's not, it doesn't matter how famous or wealthy you are, that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good when somebody's got missile lock on you. And, and, and so what I, I I'm, just, I'm thinking of some of the people that have done that to me, and I've watched as some try to do it, you know, with Richard Branson, and we go on okay. all the names, and it's, you know, it, 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 let's just, hopefully everybody who's watching or listening, you, you, if you've tried it, you promise you won't do it again because it yeah. doesn't work. What works, Sean? So what works is figuring out what is their target. So figuring out, like, what is near and dear to them? What, are their, what is their projects that they're working on right now? And sometimes that means spend money on them. So I will give more attention to somebody if they come to one of my live events. I'll give more attention to somebody if I know that they've read my $20 book. I'll give more attention if I've spent a day with somebody in what I call my breakthrough session where we spend 12 hours together. So one of my targets is... Um, getting people to come to my live events, buy my products, spend the day with me. And if they hone in on that and they choose to be a part of that, I will give them more priority of, of attention. So that's first of all, find what are their targets and lock in on their targets, not your targets. That's first of all. Second of all is you have to, if you want to get the attention of somebody who's amazing, you better be up to amazing things. So, you know, John, I automatically assumed that you were up to big things by the fact that you were in the Genius Network. I just automatically gave you credibility because uh, I knew you were playing on that level. I didn't have to do any R&D on you because I just, that was the R&D, right? But let's say I didn't know that about you. I I would ask around. I would say, so what's going on with this John Boeing guy? Who Should I do his podcast? Why would I do this? So if I found that you weren't up to doing amazing things, that you haven't done cool things, that you and, and, and cool does not mean that you've made a bunch of money. Because some entrepreneurs, when they're starting out, they get overwhelmed that, oh, I'm not wealthy yet, so why would wealthy people pay attention to me? Well, here's why. Because there's more than just wealth that I care about. I care about what, how much worldliness do you have? You know, if I find that you've been to 47 countries, that's interesting to me. I want to ask you about those different cultures. Do you speak lots of languages? 
do you, have you done business in different cult in different countries and cultures? Have you written books? Have you completed any massive marathons? Have you won any gold medals? Have you started any technology company that's bringing great value to the planet? Have you have you done anything of great value? And if you feel like you haven't, then that needs to be one of your highest priorities because you have to have your reputation in, in today's society. We got billions of people on the planet. Billions with a B, okay? And with billions with a B, you have to be different. You can't just be like the rest. So I automatically want to know, what have you done that's different than the majority of this population? The majority of the population are not international best-selling authors. The majority of the population have not won Ironman triathlons. They have not been chosen to be on Navy U.S. SEAL teams. They've not, you know what I'm saying? You have to create something that grabs the attention of somebody who's already doing amazing things. So you have to think about, this, this is a long game. This is not a short game thing because when I've zoomed, like honed in on uh, advocates that I've wanted, mm -hmm. I've looked at it. It's a, it could be several years until I get there. It could be several years. Now, most entrepreneurs, they get antsy if in three months they haven't done something. No, and I'm... I look at it as long game, as I said that already. But, um, you know, it took me about a year and a half to really become close with Joe Polish. No, and it, well, and you guys are really close. And, you know, I think Dan Sullivan with, I have a bunch of joint ventures now with Dan, took me a strategic coach, you know, two yeah. years there. And, and it's not, and, and in that case, I couldn't find exactly what would be of value to that, him, even though I knew him and we could get together. And I just said, Dan, I don't want to do anything right now. Is there anything I can help you with? Yeah. Yeah, so you got to make sure that you're looking at this long term. This is not a quick drop mailers into the post office tomorrow and, and, and get these people to pay attention to you. This is also about going to where they naturally go. So, for instance, let's say I wanted to, like, have you as my advocate. Mm -hmm. The best thing I could have done was joining Genius Network. Because yeah. you automatically see me as more credible because I'm in that same level as you in terms of the the, the uh, colleagues and the way I think about life and I'm already proving that I'm willing to spend $25,000 on my business and myself, right? And so if I know you're in that networking group and I want to get to know you, I need to join that networking group. So sometimes you have to join and go to what they're already a part of. And, and sometimes I've seen Joe do this. If he wants to befriend somebody and he knows they're going to an expensive charity dinner, he'll drop a bunch of money on the charity dinner. And yeah, great, that goes to the charity that he may not know anything about. But it's because he knows that there's a high percentage that somebody he wants to meet could be there. Now, he's not guaranteed that they're going to hit it off, though. Another thing and I've seen and learned, I learned a lot of this advocate marketing also from Joe, you know, is... You can't talk to people about things that everybody talks to them about. So if you sit down with Richard Branson and you ask him, so what was it like, you know, selling your record company or this, that, and the other, whatever he's done, he's heard that a thousand times. No, Joe Polish said, what was it like signing the sex pistols, right? And those types of questions that not many people have asked him. Larry Wingett, he's a Hall of Fame speaker, dear friend of mine, an advocate of mine, um, you know, when I interviewed him recently, 
I asked him, what are some of your health regimen, you know, mm -hmm. uh, rituals? And he said, wow, nobody's ever asked me that. Because everybody asks, everybody asks him about finances, how do you get rich, how do you become a good speaker. Nobody talks to him about health. So I stood out. I asked a question most people don't ask. And so you have to sometimes research your, your potential advocates and see what does everybody else ask them and then ask them something that they haven't been asked. So it's a, it's a creative, long-term experience of courting. And there's another component to this. Hopefully I'm not going too deep on this, but the, the, the other component is some advocates, as much as you want them to be an advocate of you, are not a good fit. Meaning, they don't give a shit about you. <laughs> Excuse me if you Yeah, a little technical this. term here. Yes, exactly. You have to bleep this for my blue, uh, my blue language here. But um, some people just don't care to ever get close to you because maybe they have a whole ten layers of, of things that you have to pass, and you've only passed one, and you got to do nine other things that you don't know about. Or maybe they have already filled their quota of people they want, and you can't get angry because you didn't befriend them. I'll give you a perfect example. There was an individual, I won't mention names, but he's an incredible human being, good guy, up to huge things, makes hundreds of millions of dollars, incredible human being. We hit it off as friends, but I really tried to nurture that to be an advocacy, not just a friendship. Man, I couldn't get it. Everything I tried, he, he wasn't having it. And then one day I realized part of the, the criteria of an advocate is it has to be somebody who is just as excited to be your advocate as you are to have them as your advocate. And then there are other people that are amazing that maybe you didn't have on your original radar, mm -hmm. but they're up to great things that really want to get to know you. That At first you thought, I don't really care about them. But as you get to realize, wow, this, is, this would make a great advocate, maybe... I should pay attention to this person and start treating them like the advocate that this could grow into. So I have people in my advocate list that I didn't see coming. Yeah, no, it, well, and it, it multiplies itself. I mean, it really does. When you get going on this, I, I've just found that, you know, people want to help. I mean, you talked about the law of reciprocity. People want to help. But what you have to do is you have to take the first action and you're, you're giving some great, you know, I mean, you have to show up willing to give. I know we're going to stay on Joe's just for a second, a genius uh, network. But I mean, not only did you write the check, but what you also did, Sean, is you showed up giving. You weren't there, you know, hustling or anything like that. You're providing value to people first. And then, you know, it's almost magical that value gets created out of that. And so many entrepreneurs just you know, we, we, you talked to me about seek, uh, heat-seeking missiles coming in. They, they want to get it right away. But, but being in the right spot, having the conversation a little bit different, and just starting it. Because you know, marketing is all about starting the conversation. Things are going to happen. And you, you make things happen. Well, a perfect example with Joe. So I paid him the $25,000 to join his Genius Network. Um, and... Then what I did is I spent an additional probably two to five thousand dollars. I haven't added it up in my head completely, but an additional let's say two to five thousand dollars to put together a commercial 
for Genius Network that looked like a press conference. Have you seen that, John? I have. Yeah. And it's pretty it powerful. Like, yeah, it looks like a real press conference with me joining Genius Network as a like an NBA draft. And now they're using it. I put their logos. I didn't put my logos on it. I did it as a marketing piece for them that they're going to use for years to come. And they're now using it in their Facebook ad campaigns to get people to be like, wow, what's this genius network? Now, I didn't need to do that. I already spent money on Joe. But the thing is, I created something that makes me look cool, makes him look cool. And that's what you call a win-win. When you can create things and now... He's going to use that. He's going to show that to hundreds of thousands of people over the course of its lifetime as a project. And for, let's say, just on the high end, $5,000 extra above the $25,000 that I paid him this year. I now have a marketing piece that's just being barraged around the world. Yeah. No, and you're doing it in a way that's helping him, too, which yeah. is the magic. Sean, I want to go to... Um, you talk about choosing your friends uh, wisely. And I'll tell you, I, I didn't know you before you had your accident. I want to bring this up if it's okay. And you had a major accident, what, about a year ago, was it? Or? It, it was uh, about nine months. Okay. And you and I hadn't met. I, quite honestly, I, I think I had heard your name you know, because you were out there, but I didn't really know who you were. And all of a sudden... Uh, because we have so many mutual friends, I'm seeing all these posts of wanting you to get better. I mean, and, and, you know, and some pretty high profile people as well as some not as high. But what, what it was, I, I don't think I've ever seen that many people sincerely care about another person you know, on social media. And it, it was pretty amazing. And that's where I go, I got to meet this guy. And then I met you there at uh, 25k and, and you talk about you know choosing your friends wisely and I, I think of this this whole advocacy part you know we're building this community around us H how do you do that well so advocates are like the the targeted people right they're the 21 people for me uh 50 for dan let's say um but you're talking about like worldwide right people wanting to uh, support and be there when when you're down, hand up. Um, well, not and, only the worldwide ones you had, but also the people that showed up at your hospital bed, too. I mean, because, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's different levels of friendship, obviously. And, totally. you know, in today's world, we can have hundreds of thousands of people like us, but they don't show up when we're in need type. That thing. doesn't mean they love yeah, us. Yeah, they, they, well, they might even love us, but they're not in a position to help us, too. I think, but it's a whole different thing. So I treat my friends in similar ways of my advocates, not 100%, but what I do is I have a list of all the people I call my friends, and I have all their contact information in one list, and then on Sundays, most Sundays, I will text, email, call them, get together with them. I will go out of my way to reach out to the people that I claim I love. I will publicly um, praise them on Facebook at times. And, you know, I will do it almost almost systematically uh, because I find that life is really a game of wrestling with your own attention. Your attention is going to go everywhere. And if you can wrestle it to the mat 
and get it to do what you want, you can do great things. But if you don't wrestle your attention to the mat, you get nothing done. You get pinned. You don't pin your attention. And um, so I, I'm very systematic about like reaching out to friends, letting them know I love them, you know, and not just in a way that everybody else says, but like pointing out what I love about them. I play a game with my friends called What I Love About You. And um, if I played it right here, right now with you, I would say, John, what I love about you is I've never heard you complain. Now, I'm sure you do, but I haven't heard you complain. I've never heard you talk bad about somebody. Now, I don't say that you're perfect and that you don't, but I just never heard that. And I admire that about you. That's what I love about you. And so that's a quick little example of something truthful that I would say I love about you. And... Um, and I do that with the people in my life. I let them know what I love about them. I tell people on a regular basis that I do love them and I care about them. Um, because I don't think, I think there's so many things in the world that can stress us out, overwhelm us, uh, hate on us, uh, criticize us, that we really have to be overwhelmed with love to, to outweigh that. And yeah. so... The reason why the world showed up by my bedside in the hospital is because I had been at their bedside many times in their life. You know, I um, friendship is the law of attraction. Yeah. That is the true law of attraction. And I learned that from a friend of mine, Paul, Dr. Paul Dombrowski. And, you know, there's all kinds of ideas about what manifesting is. But the only thing that I can prove is that if... John Bowen is my friend, and um, I'm his friend. If there's something I'm in need for and I'm scared, and I can pick up a phone and call him, and he can do that, that's pretty attractive, right? That's a law of attraction. And so if I can create many people like that in my life that love and adore me and care about me, then when the, you know, uh, the, the stuff hits the fan... Uh, they are there for me. And I think the problem is most people have people in their life that is from proximity. They grew mm -hmm. up with them. Uh, they work with them. They're not by choice. Most of my friends are scattered around the world that I've targeted in on because I liked how I felt with them. That's a key thing. I, I have very clear distinctions on what is considered Sean's friend. And the highest is, do I feel good when I'm around them? If I don't, they got to go. Yeah. Because that means that they're being a drag on my quality of life. And I can't think of a more disruptive or negative thing. No, you know, we're, we're, as entrepreneurs, what we're all doing is we're building great businesses to support the quality of life that we want. And that's why I like this advocacy marketing that you're doing because what it does is it really attracts the right people to you. And, and it's not just about business. We also want to have friendships. It's so important. And, you know, of course, you know, we have our family, but we really should choose our friends. You know, we're going to be successful on purpose, and it, it makes a huge difference. Let me go to the next segment here, Sean. And book of the day. Put up on the screen uh, the book you wrote, uh, you know that I love. They started with the international bestseller, "Get Off Your Butt: 
how to end self-sabotage and stand up for yourself. And I, I think this is not only for every entrepreneur, this is pretty much a, a life book, but why don't you tell our fellow entrepreneurs you know, what, why they should read them I and what are they going to find inside? Yeah, so it was a book that I wrote because I needed it. No, that's it a great a reason. That, was that? Yeah. I needed it for two reasons. I was dealing with self-sabotage at that time in my life. And I, um, I also wanted to be held to a high standard. So if you want to not make excuses, go write a book about excuses. Because your friends, family, and customers, colleagues, mentors, and advocates, they'll remind you that on page 78... <laughs> You talked about this, and you yourself were uh, violating your own rule. So you want to talk about being held to a high standard, write a book about something that you're struggling with. So that's one. The second thing that I said is that, the first thing I said was, you know, I needed it. You know, it was a book that I needed. And so uh, the book is about insecurities. How do you get past your insecurities, your fears, and your um, excuses, your your doubts, but I, I've never met an entrepreneur that wasn't insecure. Because if they weren't insecure, they probably well, John, failed. I've never met a human that isn't insecure. <laughs> well, that's, I think it's a universal thing. It's one of the, sometimes as guys, we uh, try to pr you know, pretend we're not, but we all are. And, you know, the, really, you know, you can't create action without recognizing. And that's what I loved about the book is you, you know, you lay uh, very authentic and set the stage and, and most importantly, not only to recognize, but how then to, to get off your butt. And, you know, it wasn't B-U-T-T, -T, it was B-U-T. Yeah. So we talk about there's three kinds of butts. There's the butt excuses. But I don't have the time, energy, money, resources. There's the butt fears. But what if? But what if I fail? But what if I look bad? What if I disappoint people? And the butt insecurities. But I'm not. I'm not pretty enough, tall enough, strong enough, confident enough, handsome enough, wealthy enough, whatever. You know, the, these these three buts are very detrimental to the quality of a human being's life. And so I go into great detail in this book about what are the skill sets that you need to develop to overcome those buts, to get up what I call get up off your butt and take a stand for your life. And standing is the act of getting off your butt and doing something, as you call it, taking action. And I've never met somebody who takes massive action uh, that is, you know, riddled with excuses. People no. that take massive action can't afford excuses. No, well, they're they, getting <laughs> they don't have time. Yeah, I always they think of it. You got to yeah. do massive. I mean, most entrepreneurs I know that are having success take massive, deliberate action. Let's yeah. go to the next segment here. Sure. John, on your smartphone, what do you have that you would recommend for your peers? Well, I'm sure you have many that people have talked about, like Audible and Evernote and Basecamp. But I have one that I'm pretty sure you haven't heard of, and it's called Voxer. V-O-X-E-R. Let me pull it up on the screen so everybody can see it as well. And, and again, we always have all this on the show notes so you can get... You know, Sean, I'm not familiar. You know, I'm a big, I love technology uh, and using it as an enabler. And you shared with me before we started recording this one. I'd never heard of it. So I, I'd love you to, you know, what does it do? 
So Voxer is like a walkie-talkie that records. So I would send you a little, almost like the days of Nextel Direct Connect, where I would tweet or beep you and I'd be like, hey, John, I'm running late to this meeting. Um, I'll see you in 10 minutes. And then you could, if you were near your phone, you could hit me right back and say, absolutely, no worries. That, see you then. And it keeps a log of those audio messages. So you're not having to use your proprietary, you know, built-in with your phone operating system recording device. You can use this third party. And so then it, it gives you a, a, a thread of all your conversations, which is great because you can go back and say, hey, we talked about on this day at this time, this thing, did you get it done? And so it keeps a running log. It's also great because it's, it's international. So I Voxer, when I had a, um, for a while, a virtual assistant that lived in London. And so we were at different time zones, different, you know, uh, area codes, everything. And I could just Voxer her a long message, it could be minutes long, and then she could play it back and listen to it whenever she was ready and then respond to me whenever she was ready. So it's, it's just this great communication device that I use with my friends and my um, my employees so that we we have that thread of audio and nothing gets deleted on accident. It's all in one place. Well, I will download that uh, as soon as we're done and let's go to the next segment. And this is resources. Sean, I'm gonna pull up your website uh, at seanstevenson.com. And Sean, what, what, you know, if somebody wants to learn more about you, your resources, the type of programs, what are they gonna find on your website? So more importantly, what they're gonna find on my website is my blog, um, which, which I'm constantly adding new content to uh, that will give you a reason to keep going back. Um, video clips, audio messages, um, my podcasts are posted there. So they're going to get new content all the time there. Uh, secondarily is you'll see what kind of um, products and events that I have. Um, I have different uh, courses that I do live as well as I have a um, set of products that they can get access to from there. Like they want to learn more about life skills for me, you know, leadership such, mm-hmm. um, or speaking skills they can get through products. And then I also have my therapy um, descriptions of what I do when I spend some uh, considerable amount of time with you, 12 hours in a row in my office in Scottsdale, and all those details are on there. No, that's great. And, and should I just go a little deeper on, uh, you know, you're doing the, the 10x speeches, and, uh, you know, you've got a picture on the website of, you in front of a large crowd. How are you helping fellow entrepreneurs, you know, really be successful as speakers? So I have a live event called 10K Speeches, and it's all about how do you make a minimum of $10,000 an hour for your message. And, you know, you could get it up to hundreds of thousands of dollars an hour if you were to package it with speaking and stuff with, or with products. But I'm talking about specifically if you want to speak to a company, a conference, convention, and you want to be taken seriously, you need to be making at least $10,000 an hour as a speaker. And so I teach you how do you um, fit within my four-part system. Message, so what are you saying? Delivery, how are you saying it? Marketing, how are you packaging and selling it? And attitude, 
How are you a presenter that conferences, companies, and conventions, and um, and all of these organizations enjoy bringing you in to speak? And so we've covered those four areas in this 10K Speeches live event. Uh, this is great, Sean, and and I'm going to recommend to anyone you know if they're looking to really do this. And one of my favorite things about giving speeches is. I love that it builds up, you know, the back end. So it's not only making the money. You said, uh, you know, getting $100,000 plus. I, I do on speeches, not because somebody writes me a check for 100000 but the action that it causes. So it's, it's, it's pretty amazing, and you are an expert at this. Let me uh, go to the, the last segment here. takeaways and for our fellow entrepreneurs I've been taking an awful lot of notes but I want to zero in on you know the power of connections uh, it, it is it is so powerful uh, this makes the difference I mean we can all send out millions and millions of emails to achieve something or we can do as Sean's talking about is just really do the advocate marketing and it's some combination of both but the power of your 21 Sean, uh, I, you know, I float up and down, right, probably averaging pretty close to 21. Dan Sullivan's 50. I don't know, I think, I don't know how many Joe Polish has, but, you know, so many of us, really, it's our, that little circle, a circle of advocacy, the centers of influence, you know, our network, our key team that can make such a difference. And most of us, not only do we not, you know, do it to be successful on purpose, where we identify them and nurture those relationships and recognize the power of our, or law of reciprocity, we, we just go in as a heat-seeking missile. And if we don't connect initially, we miss it. So I want to encourage everyone to really take the time to build your network, to make those connections, to give value first before you try to take, you know, see how you can do it in a building environment. And then also, you know, we're, we're in building businesses to create great quality of life. It's not more business for just business sake. So friendship is so important. Be very thoughtful on how you do that. Choose your friends wisely. Make the investment time and energy. Doesn't just have to be the people who have shown up. You know, this is where, you know, Sean and I both love masterminds. That's where we've met. You, you know, can do all of this and really make a huge difference. Sean, I want to thank you again for taking the time. Remember all the show notes, the transcripts, everything will be at AESNation.com, so you can download that, you know, spend some time reviewing it. There's some pearls of wisdom here. And, you know, above all, go out and execute. Your clients, your future clients, all your advocates, your friends, they're counting on you. Don't let them down. We wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.